Welcome back to another episode of Growing Up in the Wilds of Suburbia. Today is the day to take yourself to church. Not really. Uh, well, you can. I mean, it's a great thing to do to uh, keep yourself organized and inside of a structure that helps understand other people are going through something similar, same as you are, and or dealing with something that you might deal with in the future. So not a bad thing. So, okay. So today's conversation is on political identity. Uh, this is one that I've stayed away from politics and a lot of the, you know, a lot of the movements and things that are going on for very specific reason. Uh, one is I don't want to alienate or isolate anybody that's in the uh, audience that will come across this type of video or my series. Because I really don't have a, I, I'm not that politically active. Um, I really, I spent more time uh, interested in my own growth and development and the people around me, not so much in, you know, the bigger scheme of politics, you know, local government I've been involved in somewhat. Um, but as far as like a deep, you know, um, deep aggressive position on politics is something I haven't really held. Uh, but I decided today would be a good day to at least introduce why I sit where I do and, and what I actually do see or how I see things, not necessarily with current events as much as, you know, like specifically who I plan to vote for in November. Uh, not so much that, but how I got to where I'm at. So I recall whenever I was 18 years old and I went with my father to the DMV. Uh, I just got over, I finished my, um, my learner's permit and received my full license. And they, the clerk asked me, how do you identify politically? And I, at 18 years old, that wasn't a thought that was anywhere near uh, anything on my consciousness. It wasn't like I, I need to vote the way that my parents did. Nothing like that. My position was I don't really have a whole lot of understanding in politics but uh, I'm being asked to vote or to choose uh, a political party. And like, well, I don't understand what these political parties really mean. You know, I get it from the surface, but I didn't know enough about the depth of what they stood for to really affiliate myself or line myself up with something specific. So as far as that is concerned, they said, well, are you a Republican or are you a Democrat? And my position was I don't really affiliate with either. I mean, I don't understand, like, do I have to choose right now? And they said, well, it's easier to choose now than it is to do it later. Because you know, obviously they wanted it in the system so they can get their own, you know, census values, if you will. So, and my father was sitting there and he was not one to push his political views on me. Neither is my mother. Um, it's more of my dad just sat there and he's like, you know, choose what you want. Uh, it's like, well, what do you think I should choose? I'm 18 years old. I'm still developing, you know. Um, and he's like, I, that's not my choice for you, son. I'm like, you know, my father may have been a lot of things, and he was a lot of things, and, and the desirable and undesirable in some instances. Uh, but one thing he wasn't going to do to us was really push his views heavily on us. So I, I, saw, I sat for a moment. I'm like, is there any options? And he goes, well, you have the Green Party. You have Independent. And I'm like, I like Independent by its like the actual linguistic value, the definition of independent, not the political independent, because I wasn't aware of what that, that there, there's a party that specifically has its own views that are that's out there. And I said, well, what's the consequences of choosing the independent party? It's like, well, you can't vote in the primaries. Like, okay. I didn't have any awareness to what that even meant. Uh, and then that was kind of it for a while. I, I fell silent on politics for quite some time. I have good friends that are very politically involved, uh, some that actually do get involved in campaigns, 
um, and others that are just like, they just have their views and they're going to vote a specific way. So I went through my 20s with almost no consideration whatsoever about political parties. You know, in my own family, predominantly, they, they lean to a certain direction, but it wasn't because her father chose it. It was more of the upbringing that we had, you know, more of a conservative position, you know, the, the work hard, keep what you earn, you know, your life is dependent on your work. You know, and that was more where we came from as a family, uh, but not so much on a political concept, more in just a disciplined direction. My father's retired military. Uh, so we held some of those you know, work hard beliefs. And, and I still do hold those positions, not necessarily in a political sense, but in an individual sense. You know, if you want to get where you want to be, let's work and develop that direction. So I didn't really think much about politics throughout my 20s. And even into my 30s, I really didn't care as much. Uh, I really, I started studying holistic health and well-being. Um, after leaving the power industry for nine and a half years, I worked in a physical therapy office for three and a half years as a corrective exercise specialist with a company that didn't really have a political position either, but they did have a holistic perspective, which is taking in a lot of variables into a situation to understand the outcome to a person's movement patterns and long, well, or long, um, long, or the longevity of what their goals are. So you really look at so getting outside of just exercise and its sense and understanding a deeper understanding of the body from more of a, a medical position. Uh, but it started to incorporate Eastern philosophy. And with that Eastern philosophy came more of you know, where I was already had liberal beliefs. It started to help expand those liberal beliefs even further. Uh, again, not so much in the, what we know now as um, liberals where you've got a lot of liberals and progressive mixed into the bunch. Um, it's more of just the, you know, we all can have better. And if we all work together, we can have that. Um, but the key element in that is that we all need to work together to achieve it. You know, it's this idea of a utopia. Once we've worked to a specific degree, we could all have this in this longevity in, in this society that we all contribute to and all get a, a benefit out of it kind of leans more towards socialism. Um, not so much communism. I, I do feel there's a distinctive difference between the two. Socialism is the more desirable side, not so much the communism side, uh, but they both live inside of a very similar understanding. Um, now I kind of lean that way for just a short bit. Um, I, I liked Bernie and, you know, prior to the 16 elections, things like that. Um, I was just because I had this understanding of how things could work that way. Uh, but it all comes from a very idealistic position. You know, this idea of a utopia, you know, it's, we don't want to create a dystopia in pursuit of a utopia. You know, it's like you're pursuing a dream to create a nightmare. You know, it's like that understanding. It doesn't necessarily have to be just in those political, those structural beliefs. It's other elements of your life as well. If you pursue financial well-being or this, this, this really, um, highly invested position in money where the majority of your life is surrounded by the idea of money and how much you can accumulate that can create a dystopia in your life. And how you do that is the idea of all that money would be like this utopic type of result where you have an easier life and a desirable life and people appreciate and accept you and they, they appreciate the hard work you've done and things like that. But the, that's the utopia side of it. The, the dystopia that can come out of that, the nightmare of it, can be that you don't have deep founded relationships. You don't have the rewarding sensations. People care about you whenever you're not around um, in a sense of like your old, your whole overall well-being. There's a lot of things that can fall to the wayside when you pursue something so aggressively and deny yourself growth and or relationships in other areas. And the only relationships you seem to have formulated are predominantly over the pursuit of money. 
Now, again, drawbacks to that is you're, you're monodimensional, if you will. You really don't have much of a dimension to yourself. Uh, you want to be more dynamic and having multiple different facets you can derive joy from in life. Most of us are pursuing that, but we do spend a lot of times developing ourselves in one area, creating this one element of strength to us that creates our identity that's hidden inside of that or you know, pronounced by your strength only to fall short in other areas and find yourself feeling more chaotic and or abandoned or misunderstood. It's harder for people to connect with you because that's the only thing that you're really uh, interested in putting out there. So I, I, I lived inside of these different perspectives for some time. Now, I also came to this understanding and I, I, I'm vehemently against the idea of party line voting. Oh, it takes away your autonomy. It takes away critical thinking. Uh, it creates an opportunity, a, a, a gateway for people that have their own agendas and motives to just say, well, vote for me because I'm blue or vote for me because I'm red. And it takes your critical analysis away from it. And you put trust in the individuals believing that the party itself is completely trustworthy. History has shown us that no matter who the party is or who the individuals are in front of us, you're better to judge the person off their merit of individualism than it is to the party they associate themselves with. Now, we as a society right now, especially on social media, are you know basically creating these types of assassinations on people's character or the execution of a friendship simply because they don't view life the way we view it or see things politically the way we see it or find affiliation with specific movements that are happening. And we're like, well, if that person's not with it, I don't have any desire to be friends with this. It's like we're drunk on this idea. Uh, when the hangover kicks in is whenever these messages will go out and people are saying, I'm sorry for de- unfriending you or I'm, I'm sorry for attacking you or whatever it is. That's whenever we're on our pursuit to normalcy. We're not on our pursuit to normalcy. We seem to be creating more of a divide. I am vehemently against the position of party line voting uh, for very simplistic reasons. I'm not a conformist. I'm actually a nonconformist of all of the elements. As I open this up with a religious statement about, and not necessarily a religious statement, just a benefit of religion. I myself do not identify with any religion. I've studied many of them. And from that study, I've recognized a lot of commonalities uh, and a righteousness or ownership that seems to be consistent regardless of the religion, which creates more of a division. And I wanted to bring myself and other people together. So I started to move away from that to the point I even announced that I was an anti-theist from the time that I'd studied a lot of Christopher Hitchens' work. Uh, And I felt a a good degree of solace in that position believing that the dissolving of religion would bring most of us together uh, because we wouldn't have something that would tell us as a doctrine that other people are wrong. And now I've found that the majority of people that affiliated with that position with me do not line up politically. They, uh, they vote more dogmatically, even though they sit in a position where they believe that they're free thinkers. Uh, most of these people are not in that position from my observations. Uh, I like critical thinking. I like critical analysis. I do not like blind, li- uh, blind loyalty. You know, personally, I feel that that's the fastest way to find yourself down the wrong hallway. You know, there's plenty of people that I uh, pronounced blind loyalty to the Nazi party, you know, only to find out after the war was over that they were cr- like war criminals and they were going to be prosecuted for their behaviors during the, the World War or during World War II. So there's a lot of people that were involved in those those wars that were not necessarily villains, but following a villain's position. Now, there was all kinds of things that came out of that that became more of a large system of awareness where we can now put a critical analysis on it and come up with a moral understanding 
But one of the things that I've noticed that so many people have lost the rationale that got people to that position. Most people cannot even tell you what created World War II. Why did we create? Why did we get involved in World War II? Why did Germany initiate, you know, the conquest that they took on? What was going on with Japan at the time and Italy? Uh, the the access of evil. They called it the access of power. Uh, Russia was our ally. China was our ally, uh, or they were part of the Allied forces. Uh, most people don't understand how we got to that point. You know, the 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 depression that Germany was going through at the time. All of this gets lost whenever people just assign a political party and or this moral judgment without looking at it deeply. Uh, details matter. I'm not a sympathizer. Um, I'm not an apologist. I'm more of like look for the details. What creates a better depth of understanding? Uh, so I see we have this huge division going on in the United States right now because people are not thinking critically about the situation overall. They're thinking about what their pet issues are, whatever their challenges that they're dealing with on a daily basis, whatever's right in front of their face or what involves their job or what involves their safety and well-being, or if they feel safe and they feel like they're well taken care of, what is involving other people's safety and well-being? Uh, it's not something that I shun. Uh, I don't condemn understanding and wishing for other people to have a better life. Uh, but I also, um, I, I do condemn violence as it occurs based off of ideology. Uh, I'm not one to support that. I'm more of let's create a critical analysis of what's going on and understand what we can so that we can create a better future. What lessons are we going to learn and how many lessons are you going to omit by dodging something because you're identifying something like as an ideology over the totality of what's going on. Most people don't care much about details from what I see. I've been attacked simply because of opening my home to try to help someone uh, in the event that they're in a situation, they want to leave the state that they're in in order to find, you know, support someplace to stay until they get back on their feet. And I was attacked solely off of a political identity. Uh, and I wasn't doing any of that. I sat, I am more of a milquetoast type person in this sense. For people that aren't familiar with that term, milquetoast means more of the center, a moderate over a lot of different perspectives. Um, I see value in every uh, like political party. There's something that I see that I identify with. Um, I am not one that says I am a Republican. I am not one that says I am a Democrat. Um, I have liberal beliefs. I have conservative beliefs. Um, I have all of the, you know, like not all of them as a political party. I see value in a lot of them. But how do we create this utopia? Unfortunately, I think that current situation is that we won't see that, at least not in our lifetime. No, uh, we're fighting and creating the civil unrest. Um, we're dealing with a deep degree of you know, propaganda. You know, it's like no new station agrees with each other, but there are multiples that agree with each other that happen to have you know, ties with one another and an agenda or a reason to. Can't really necessarily say an agenda. I haven't seen it but uh, not in pay, writing or something like that. But I have seen commonality in these different positions. And I do see that there are very few conservative news, um, news stations and or news publications by comparison to liberal or democratic or the Democrat type. So um, I'm more of, I find why is the underdog in the position that they're in uh, and what can we do to understand it better and bring things to the table? Again, that's more of that milk toast position. I'm a moderate overall. Uh, even to say that has me kind of because my nonconformity kicks in. I don't want anyone to misunderstand me as best as I have the ability to control that situation of understanding. So that's why you don't hear those types of declarations. I sit on the fence. You know, I sit on the fence because sitting on the fence is where you're looking for details. 
before you plea or you you pledge blind allegiance to something. Do I want to see anyone die? Hell no. Oh, but there's a reason why we have a death penalty. Do I want to see, you know, uh, a lot of the situations that are going on, you know, there's things that I don't really have a lot of business in, you know, telling a woman what to do with her body. I don't have a lot of business in, but if I were to talk to somebody who is having a conversation around the idea of terminating a pregnancy, you know, I might be able to hold a position if I actually speak with that person individually. You know, overall, I think there's a lot of people that just jump to conclusions you know, immediately they try to talk, uh, tell the other person what they should do with their body, not understanding their circumstances. Uh, but also at the same time, I understand that the child also is a, a human being. It may not necessarily be full and, and completely identified as being such because of the, the you know, this conversation around it. Um, I, again, it's non, uh, non-religious. I have reasons for my beliefs. I'm not stone driven. I'm not etched in stone over my beliefs. Oh, that my ideas can be changed. It just requires that in order to change my position is the same as you would do with any scientific method. You know, provide the evidence, create a compelling argument, not an argument that we need to shout at each other and break glass or something stupid. You know, more of give me something of value to change the position. Talk to me, understand where I'm at. And I intend to understand where you are before just jumping to conclusions. So that's why another reason what I see such a division in. Oh, I will tell you that um, what's going on this year and what we'll see in the future is I do not want to see more chaos. You know, it's the people that scream for anarchy aren't the ones that have the realization of what happens whenever somebody doesn't show up when you dial 911. Whether you need emergency services, your house is on fire, you need a medic or you need somebody there to help medically help somebody and or somebody to intervene in a potential situation of violence. Um, those individuals typically aren't thinking much about their loved ones either. They're just driven by the idea of destruction, you know, or to eliminate the current status quo or the current system that we have. Um, libertarians want less government. I have value in that view as well. I don't want more government. I have read Orwell. I will tell you that even though it was, um, an act of, it was a writing of fiction, it sure seems a lot like we've got um, a prophecy in its own sense. You know, Ayn Rand, you know, she's written a lot about, you know, uh, she's got a lot of writing um, and very large books. uh, uh, And you can even look at her as having a good degree of uh, uh, a prophecy, if you will. You know, it's, it's interesting when we use hindsight to gauge what we're currently going through, um, but using a moral position that we have today, judging our past. There's a lot of interesting values in that. Oh, so when it comes to a political position, I'm, I am one of those that's in the middle. Um, I've been told that I'm the problem. Uh, I understand why somebody would say such a thing. That's because they're, they're really invested in their position. Uh, I'm always encouraging people, you know, this is something that Look to creating your own identity. You know, think about situations critically. I understand why a lot of people don't think critically about certain situations. They're really busy in uh, areas of their life or they're so heavily invested in what they're currently thinking that they don't want to break that pattern of thinking. Uh, cognitive dissonance is a common, it's, it's not uncommon. Um, it is a experience of discomfort when you have two different ideas that clash with your, in your mind where you have an understanding on both sides, but they don't work together. So as soon as those ideas come together, it's painful or uncomfortable. 
uh, when I understand the desire to stay away from discomfort. So uh, as far as all of that's concerned, this is not one where I'm going to tell people how to vote, when to vote, where to vote. I'm, I'm looking for behaviors that lead to outcomes. Uh, personally, that's my preference. I, again, sitting on the fence, um, I'm, you know, vegan milk toast, whatever. Uh, I really would prefer to, I prefer to understand more of the details before taking action. Um, I am one that appreciates order. Uh, I'm very open-minded, but at the same time, I also like structure um, a lot. You know, uh, I will, uh, my next video I'll likely do on the difference between conscientiousness and open-mindedness, which are conflicting uh, or they're, they're opposite ends of, of each other on the, the big five. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that in a future video. Uh, for the time being, um, I just wanted to throw this out there. I know that there's been some things recently in our political spectrum uh, that I can tell you that you know, it's, it can, it emotionally moves me. Um, I'm not sitting in my living room you know, crying like a Hallmark commercial, but I have felt myself ride the emotional roller coaster of uh, you know, disgust, anger, upset, frustration. Oh, uh, and I see why people pull for a specific ideology. Oh, uh, but uh, my end of the result, end of the day, I really don't want to create more division between myself and others. So, uh, with that, that's it. That's the political identity piece. I, I will say also, I. Uh, it, with my experience when I was 18 years old, I I wasn't aware enough of what to do in a political situation, how to vote and all of that. And I am very grateful my father and my mother held the positions that they held. They wanted me to think for myself and not tell me how to vote. I really agree with that. Um, I highly disagree with uh, and, and I aggressively disagree with the idea of lowering the voting age to 16, there is a, to me, there is no value for doing such a thing. Um, 16 year olds think more emotionally. They do rational, rationally. Any parent will tell you that um, most of them are going to find emotional manipulation uh, very easily. And they are less likely to think any rational level uh, to come up with something that would be a projectable future outcome that would have some sort of desirable strategy and uh, process so um, with that, I will get to the voting booth every single time for, against anybody who's trying to lower the voting age. To me, the voting age really should be moved up to 21, uh, just simply because the prefrontal cortex is not fully developed until you're later in your, you know, you're not even in your teen years. It starts to develop or come to its full development in your 20s. Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with the prefrontal cortex and neuroscience, Prefrontal cortex is responsible for adult making decisions or adult decision making. Uh, that's not what the adolescent mind has. They have what they consider to be rational thinking, and there's a measurement of rational thinking for adolescents, but there's a lot of emotional um, involvement in their thinking and rationale as they still have a lot going on with their development. Now, in your 20s is when you start getting to that more mature prefrontal cortex, which gives you a deeper understanding of cause and consequence. Uh, uh, so reward and, and, you know, cost, that kind of thing. Uh, so with that, uh, that's one of the only pieces that I'm actually going to put out whenever it comes to the overall political position. Again, I, I align with moderate, uh, being more moderate, but it's moderate and complete center of everything. I, I really, I have some positions that are not quite moderate, but I really do fall right in the middle. I'd rather understand as much as I can. I don't want to be one of those people that, uh, focus too heavily on an ideology over uh, evidence. So, all right, with that, 
Again, this is Chad Everett Brochiers. I'm the host of Growing Up in the Wilds of Suburbia. And with the wonderful opportunities that we have in front of us, please do share this video with people in your life that you feel would benefit from it. Uh, I am not one that really tells people how to think, but more give people understandings of why people come to those decisions. Um, you know, I, with my background, I, I have a pretty good degree of um, uh, understanding in those things. Um, you know, we all actually do have quite a bit of understanding for other people's motives when we understand ourselves. So with that, please, again, share this video with a person in your life. You know that will benefit from it. Create a discourse with it. This may be the intro to that conversation for you and that person. Uh, if you feel that this, if, if only somebody else could give their such their position so that maybe it'll open up the doorway for you to have that conversation with them. Uh, not necessarily to change their mind for your position or your beliefs, but more open their, their position. So um, again, uh, this is Growing Up in the Wilds of Suburbia. Please go to the YouTube channel uh, under that name, Growing Up in the Wilds of Suburbia. Subscribe, hit the bell notification. You'll know whenever I go live. Uh, also, uh, Patreon is going to be housing some of my uh, more developmental uh, properties uh, in the near future. So uh, with that, uh, look for Taboo, and that's a conversation of sexual maturity. Yes. Uh, actually, I do have a, a statement coming in from Joshua here. Uh, thank you for uh, commenting here, Josh. Um, and I'm, I'm really glad to see that. I, my personal relationship with Josh also is that you are that person. You, you do try to open up more understanding around you. And I appreciate you for that. Uh, his comments, just that he's been working on others around him. Uh, um, and start to watch people more now. And that's a great place to be, you know, to better understand where other people are. Uh, but you are somebody that's wise enough to see that by all means. I've always had a high respect for you. So um, thank you for commenting, Josh. All right. Uh, with that, again, chat over brochures. Um, go to the bell notification on YouTube channel. Do subscribe. And uh, I'll see you guys in the next video. Until then, let's try not to kill each other, okay? Enjoy. And uh, let's have fun with life, okay? All right, guys. See ya.